0: well, you're still here. You're still, you know, you're in this world. And I know it can be very lonely and excruciating, feeling like impossible to get through each and every day. But if you stick around, life always has a way of just turning out okay.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to episode seven of the Mad Happy Podcast. I'm Payman. And I'm Mason. And we created this podcast to have conversations about mental health.
2: We talk about some pretty serious topics on the show. We are by no means professionals and are not giving advice. If you or someone you know needs help, please visit us at localoptimist.com backslash
1: podcast. Today, we welcome three members of the Teenager Therapy podcast, Gael, Kayla, and Thomas onto the show.
2: We were so excited to have them on. They obviously are three of the hosts of Teenager Therapy, which is a huge podcast in the mental health space that we've been able to learn a lot from. And it was awesome just to hear about them starting the show, how it's been going their experiences as regular high school kids and hearing about their next chapter as they all start college in the fall.
1: We really appreciate their ability to open up with us and for once be on the receiving end of the questions.
2: The Mad Happy Podcast is brought to you by Optimism. Enjoy the show with Gail, Kayla, and Thomas.
1: Today we are joined by three of the five members of an amazing podcast that you've probably heard of, Teenager Therapy one of the best, in my opinion, podcasts in the mental health space, and and really one that's making a big impact on the world. Gael, Kayla, Thomas, thank you guys so much for joining, and we're so excited to have you. Thank
3: you. Thank you. Excited to be here.
2: We love to start off every episode with a prompt from our journal to just kind of take everyone's temperature and get us all to open up a little bit, uh, and all get on the same page. Uh, today's journal prompt is, I am proud of myself for uh, so I'll answer it. Kayla, I'll have you go. Then Guile, Thomas, and Payman will bring us home. Today, I am proud of myself for... Oh, man. Uh, that's a hard one. Uh, it's hard for me to feel proud of myself, honestly. Um, struggling with depression and self-esteem, it it makes it hard to feel good. I often find that a lot of people in my life get more excited about what's happening in my life than I do, which I don't know why I'm thinking about that right now, but I guess just something small that I'm feeling proud of myself for is doing this show uh, with payment and just talking about these things and it hasn't been easy for us to start or learn how to do, uh, but we've been working really hard at it and it feels good and it's awesome to talk to people like y'all and just have these kind of conversations. So I'm proud of myself for working hard on this show.
1: Oh, Kayla?
4: I would say today I'm proud of myself because I registered for my classes at USC and that was really stressful. Um, and also, Mason, how you're saying, like, just coming onto this podcast because I usually get really nervous talking to new people or just doing something where it's, like, other people outside of the podcast. And yeah. so, yeah, it was really nerve-wracking. But...
1: Thanks, Kayla.
3: It's an interesting question because I, I don't know if I rarely... I rarely reflect on like what I'm proud of, especially on a day to day basis. I think that I'm proud for being able to manage my time today, and also taking a little bit more care of myself, uh, especially when it comes to napping, which is like such a simple thing, where like just a nap, but it's also an important thing um uh, being able to recharge, right, and refill your energy. I think that's really important, it's an important part of just staying healthy. Um, is getting your rest and that's something that like i kind of never did for a while because i was like i just have to be on all the time so Mm -hmm. proud of myself for taking a little nap
1: yeah thank you thomas honestly
0: i have been very proud of myself recently because um i finally went to therapy like a few months ago and my life has been so significantly better i feel like right now i'm in like the best mental state i have been in like years and Honestly, I'm just looking forward to like every day and trying to make the most out of it.
1: Yeah, thank thank you for sharing that. Um, I mean, yeah, same with you, Thomas. I think for me, I started therapy in January, and you know, I always thought like I needed to be like struggling with something specific to start. Um, but I realized, especially after a couple months of doing it, that like it has such an impact on on the way I live my life day to day that I can't believe I didn't start earlier. And I'm you know I'm such a you know even bigger proponent of of everyone, at least trying it out because I think like it could have a really big impact. So I'm definitely proud of myself for that. You're and gonna steal Thomas's on. Yeah, <laughs> I am going to steal Thomas's every time. I always go last, so it's like <laughs> someone always steals the one I'm I'm saying. Um, but but yeah, th- thank you again for being here. I think what what's really interesting for us uh, and Gail, I'll ask you this first question: is we started this brand in 2017, and it was sort of a new time for a, a, an apparel brand to be talking about mental health. I feel like that was pretty similar when you guys launched in 2018. What was that spark to talk about mental health as teenagers?
3: You know, I think there was definitely a lot of there was a little bit of thought, actually, that went into it. <laughs> uh, for the most part, like I remember just thinking about a podcast. I don't know. I've always had an interesting viewpoint on emotions and feelings like I, I enjoy being able to get emotional but I don't enjoy being able to show that. And it's like two sides of uh, a similar coin. And because of that, I think I just really wanted to make people feel something. Uh, I think I wanted to bond with people over the emotions that we like um, individually feel, but as a community can very much understand. And when I started this podcast, it wasn't necessarily something that was at the top of my mind, but it kind of developed. And it was something that was definitely in the subconscious is that I wanted to make people feel less alone. And I wanted to make them feel something and hopefully even see themselves in us.
1: I think that's amazing. And the loneliness piece is a good one to, to think about more because for for mental health, it's like we all have, um, and you know, Mason shared this last week, but we all have the same emotions that we feel regardless of like what our circumstances are. So Uh, for people to feel like other people are sharing in those emotions. I think that's what allows people to feel less alone and also more comfortable talking about it. Um, So
2: yeah, I think it's cool hearing your answer and and knowing what I know about your guys' show is part of the reason why I think it's so good and and has done so well. Is like y'all didn't set out with this like master plan of like mental health is my passion and like this is what I want to do, right? You kind of had this small thing of like I like helping people and I like talking to people and having people relate to one another and I'm just gonna kind of start this and like we're just gonna go for it and I think that's part of the reason why it's able to grow the way it has is because it's just been natural just like go with the flow and like even like in your subconscious kind of like you said it's like I don't know if I really chose mental health or like did mental health kind of choose me right but it's just like the way it played out um and Kayla I'm curious for you like what do you think it is about the younger generation? I mean, I'm I'm 27 and I'm already starting to kind of feel disconnected from like the youth in a way, uh, which I don't love. But what is it about the younger generation that kind of makes them seem to understand mental health more or be willing to talk about it more or to not view it as this thing that's just you can't talk about and you just got to kind of power through it? What do you think it is?
4: I think it's just because or the way I view it, I think most Gen Z they're open-minded and they don't really, not to say that they don't care, but um, they're more open to just sharing what they're feeling. And something like a simple video on TikTok can go viral and it'll get like a million views. And just a second video already makes like so many people feel so much better about their feelings, knowing that they're less alone. And so I just think that we're more open-minded and we're more caring. And also it sometimes feels that, you can't really tell anybody else that's older because they're not going to understand or they're just going to invalidate your feelings. Um, so it's just so much easier to turn to people that are your age, and I feel like social media plays a huge part in that, where random people are just able to connect based on like shared emotions, experiences, and yeah, I think it's great, honestly. Like starting the podcast, I would have never thought that <laughs> like we would be here today because. I don't know. When we started, I I was under the impression that it was just gonna be like, hey, we're gonna talk about our feelings. Low school project. Yeah, yeah, like a little side thing, like every week. So it's like, <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't really, I I don't do anything, <laughs> so I'm like, well, what else am I gonna do? Um, so for it to turn into this, it's crazy, and it makes me so happy to see other people like have the courage to say what they're feeling because I know that for me, it's definitely hard sometimes and hearing other people talk about it makes me feel more brave Mm -hmm. and so I'm like okay they can do it I can do it too and it's really just like a domino effect from there
2: I feel like that's a great piece I mean to think of the internet like in my opinion internet and social media the first place that my mind goes to is is kind of like a negative place I think because of like some of my experiences with it and like some things that have been kind of harmful for me but in hearing your answer it's like the internet is kind of the reason why gen z like you said is like so much more open with all these things you have all of the information fully available and so accessible and you also are able to connect to millions of people all around the world with the tap of a finger where like you might not feel as alone as the person who like before the internet they were just in their basement and like couldn't talk to anyone else now you could go find hundreds of other kids who might be going through what you're going through too uh so that that's cool to kind of think of it in that different lens. I,
3: I think a reason like Gen Z is so open is because of like the advancements of technology. There's yeah. just a lot more sympathy going around, a lot more empathy going around because of the exposure that we're having to the different stories of different people, the emotions that they're experiencing. So I think that plays a big role in why younger generations
1: seem to be getting more empathetic. Yeah, for sure. And I think, Gail, you brought up a great point earlier in you know, sort of two sides of the coin, right? Like the mental health side is like, it it is a spectrum, right? The way we try to talk about mental health is like, you know, it's not only about the dark things, right? It's like the good stuff, everything in between, and then the times when it's not going as well. And I think opening up the convo in that way allows people to feel feel less alone and feel like they could talk about mental health more on a daily basis. Uh, Thomas, I have a question for you, which is, you know, I think the first time around when I heard about the podcast was with the Harry and Megan episode and, and that was really an amazing episode and I'm sure like got a lot of new listeners for, for you guys. But when was the first time for you that you realized, hey, like people know about this podcast now? And like it was it, you know, people coming up to you at school or was it like people DMing you? Like like how what when was it that you're like, Oh, this is bigger than like this little project we started?
0: So our podcast is like Instagram got really popular like the first week. Uh, we released like our first episode. Um, Guy was DMing a bunch of Instagram accounts like Gen Z meme accounts and we were getting so much attention. And then uh, I remember I talked about my coming out story specifically and so many um, queer youth uh, DMed me like talking about how much they related to me and how uh, my experiences uh, resonated with them. And I just never expected that. Like, I kind of just like went on the podcast, cried about my feelings, and then didn't expect much from it. I didn't expect, I was honestly scared of the judgment. um, And I wasn't expecting people to like what I say. I don't know. The fact that what I said was like really relatable to so many teenagers, it was very uplifting and encouraging. And I knew that what we were doing was like actually helping a lot of people.
2: Before you kind of made the decision to do that and really be vulnerable and and, and put yourself out there like that, what were you kind of feeling? I mean, I'm, I imagine there was a lot of kind of anxiety and, and things that you were dealing with. How did you kind of find the courage to do it? And then how did you kind of feel after? Because I know for me, things that feel really hard or have us feeling anxious seem kind of impossible. And then in my experience, after I've done them, it like Seems like a fucking feather. And I'm like, wow, that was nothing how I was building it up to in my head. And then you kind of view everything so differently after. Um, I'm curious what that experience was like for you a bit deeper.
0: I don't know. It was like both really easy and really hard for me to share. Hard because I was scared of what people would think and how they would react. But it was also easy for me to share because my coming out story was so... I struggled so much during that time. And the fact that I got through it, I was proud to share that I got through it. And I wanted to share my story because I knew that this kind of story, the one where parents aren't very accepting of um, uh, their kids, mm-hmm. it wasn't very mainstream. Like nobody was really talking about it. So I knew that this story would have helped a lot of kids.
1: I think it's amazing that that you had the courage. And Gail, I'm wondering like, how throughout this process, like, did you guys feel like it became easier to share these things because you guys sort of had each other, right? Like, and I definitely want to come back to like the parents thing, because I think that that's an interesting place to explore. But, you know, how do you guys think you were able to support each other throughout this journey?
3: I think the fact we had each other was incredibly important, not just for our individual like mental health, but also like the success of the podcast, because at the end of the day like the podcast really just revolves around our friendship uh because it's really the great thing is that it's like an authentic friendship we're not like in it for clout or anything or anything like that it's just like we're friends we just had to start something and it did well
2: yeah i i, I know i touched on it earlier kind of my opinion of why the show has been so successful but i'm curious for you guys what do you feel like makes you each so good at, at what you do and being able to show up as a host and, and really talk about these things and have such a successful show. I know for me, uh, when I speak on mental health and when I talk to other people about it, um, it's all coming from personal experience and it's all coming from things that I've been through that I feel like I can relate back to myself. And I just wonder for you guys, is is it the same? Is it something within your families or, or something within a friend uh, that you notice around school? But where do you kind of find your voice when talking about these things that enables the show to be so great.
0: We're ordinary teenagers. And that's why we attract so many listeners is because we're not like famous. We're not like TikTokers trying to create a podcast. We're literally just high school students or high school graduates now, um, um, talking about our feelings. And it's just very authentic. Like there's no real like big pressure to, um, do anything we just talk about our feelings and hope for the best that's pretty much it yeah I think
3: yeah you kind of touched on it like really well and that just it's authentic I think an audience and the listeners can tell when like a friendship is like forced or fake or they're not genuine friends and I think a big reason why people like the show and they stick around is because they see themselves in us they're they're able to sometimes see their friend groups in us Um, and sometimes they just like, like the company because they're able to see that, like, you know, we generally like each other. We're not using each other for cloud or anything like that. And just the fact that it's an authentic relationship is is attracting, right? It's, it's a very magnetic force that, like, you see people that are genuine and you're, you're pulled towards that energy.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh, so much to have were saying. I think it's just our willingness to talk about things that people don't normally talk about or even teenagers themselves where... At least with myself, I sometimes notice that most teenage friendships are basically just shallow, (laughs) as mean as that sounds. Um, They don't really talk about their feelings or problems that they have with each other. Rather, they'll just keep it inside and eventually it'll just burst and then the friendship ends. So, you know, even within the podcast, talking about problems that we've had with each other, it's hard doing it when it's like when we're not recording. And so to do it, When you know the mics are in front of us, it it can be harder, but again, it's just our willingness to talk about it and to just push forward, knowing that somebody is gonna is going to get something out of this, even if it may not feel like it in the moment, even if it's uncomfortable, awkward. Somebody's crying. Mm -hmm. It's (laughs) it's worth it.
3: Yeah, and I think like also to that point is that our willingness to just share it, even though we're uncomfortable by it sometimes. Because I remember one of our struggles that like we had was that like one of our co-hosts, um, I think all of us have really had the same struggles. Like, well, I don't feel comfortable because you know maybe I don't speak this well or I can't say this word or I'm not very fluent or I say like like too much. Um, and it's like, well, that's okay because there's always going to be someone that relates. And that's what's so incredible about being open and vulnerabilities. There is always someone that is facing the same struggles as you in one way or another. Right. And so if you're like, well, I'm scared that they'll think I'm like bad at speaking. I'm like, well, there's someone there that's probably also like bad at speaking and looking for someone that like feels like they're bad, but they're still willing to try and and explore and learn and grow. And I think that's a, also a big factor to it.
2: That's something I've been telling myself, too, is like as we started this show and just thinking about being like the best host or, a good host, I guess, is, like, there's always going to be people that have every sort of opinion, right? Someone thinks this show's terrible, someone thinks this show's amazing, someone thinks that we're the best host. someone thinks that we're the worst hosts, and, like, for me, it's, like, I just try and spend way less time thinking about, like, the someone thinks dot, 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 and just think about, like, the I think dot, 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 or, like, the I feel, and, like, the more that I direct my kind of just energy and mental capacity to, like, myself then. I, I find myself just, like, spending less time really caring about what other people think and knowing that, like, people are going to listen to the show, they're going to listen to the show. And, and and like you said, someone is going to be able to relate to it because we all have these different kind of life experiences. So that's kind of, like, what I what I tell myself to try and feel good about what we're trying to do here.
1: And I think one thing that that's super interesting is, like, it sort of seems like your show is, like, you know, you get to be a, a fly on the wall of of a group of friends having a conversation and i think that you guys all made great points on like that's why it's relatable so if you try to make it super professional or like very grammar focused or like any of those things then like it's gonna lose some of that essence i think thomas something you brought up earlier and and it seems like a lot of what you guys talk about is the issue that that kids in in middle school high school and college have like the parent issue is something that keeps coming up with a lot of our younger guests. Um, And it's like how to talk to your parents about whether it's your mental health or you coming out, like, what has the main advice been on your side to, to tell kids and how to deal with that when maybe their parents don't understand?
0: I don't know. Um, I feel like um, all of us in the podcast have really struggled with our parents invalidating our emotions um not really taking mental health seriously and stuff like that and we kind of deal with it in our own ways whether that's communicating it to them or just kind of suppressing it i don't know if we have like advice that would generally work for like everybody but i know for me it took a lot of vulnerability and a lot of talking in order for my mother to like start taking me a little more seriously and start being more concerned but i know that there are some of us in the podcast that don't talk about their emotions like at all to their families and yeah i don't really know if there's like yeah. a solution
4: i i mean i still struggle with talking with my parents about just being vulnerable and honest with them it's not something that i do regularly um i notice that at some some points i just hold everything in and i just get really tired and so i there'll be this moment of courage where I just have to act on it really quick (laughs) or else I'm not going to do it again, or I'm going to have to wait until, you know, that moment pops up. So I quickly act on it and I try to express myself as best as I can. But something that I've noticed, my parents, they speak Spanish, right? So that's the way that I communicate with them. And it's sometimes hard for me to fully articulate my feelings and thoughts in Spanish. And so then I'll just feel like this is a waste of time. Like, why am I doing this? I can't even fully say what I'm feeling. And so they're going to think like, what is she even talking about?
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And, you know, I, I don't blame them, but a little patience would go a long way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's still hard. It's something that I still struggle with, especially when you realize that there's like a pattern where you'll say what you're feeling and then you're faced with them invalidating your emotions. Yeah. And so it's just so hard to try to talk to them again after after knowing what they're going to say and how they're going to react. It's really just like a cycle.
0: Yeah, I think it's really important to have some sort of support system beyond your family because family isn't the most understanding um, most of the times. So having a group of friends or an adult or just literally anybody, the internet even, to kind of have your back is nice.
2: For sure. I think uh, for me, I had to understand that my parents were just people too. And I think obviously when you're a kid, uh, it's really hard to not see your parents as as these superheroes on these pedestals. Um, and as you get older, I think one of the biggest things that has helped me is to kind of see more eye to eye with them and more see them as just peers and as just people and understanding that you can be the most vulnerable person in the world who shares all your feelings with your parents. And it still doesn't mean that they're going to be able to understand them or accept them or really be able to help you. And I think kind of what you guys were just saying about building that support system greater than just your parents is really what's the most important, so you can really set yourselves up for the greatest chance of success possible by having your friends, by having a therapist, by having your parents, having your siblings, and really building out your world, Because I think it's just important to to keep in mind that we just have to meet everyone where they are. And there's always a chance that it might not happen the way that you want it to. Um, and to give people the benefit of the doubt, right? It's it, it's not easy to speak about these things. It's not easy to understand it. It's kind of like a gene that some people have and, and some people don't. So it's just a constant work in progress for me. Um, and I'm more curious for you guys too, like out, outside of the parent thing, what really is the biggest... Issue that you guys are hearing from your audience, or that they want to talk about, or what they're struggling with—do you feel like you're getting the most, Kyle?
3: So there's a few different topics, and consistently, the episodes I just like do the best are the ones where we talk about uh, friendships, romance, and mental health. Those three topics are always like top mind for for our audience, and I think friendships is a really a really important one um that like if you look into it, it has like a lot of it makes a lot of sense as to why and there's been a lot of studies that show that gen z consistently ranks as like one of the loneliest feelings generation does that make sense mm-hmm. gen z consistently ranks as like one of the loneliest generations right so they feel lonely very often even though they're so connected by everything um and it's like almost even though social media gives you access to connect with everyone no one's having meaningful connections with them A lot of it's just superficial and people are getting tired of it. And it's just exacerbating the feelings of loneliness that arise in that. And Mm -hmm. so something I've noticed is that because of that, it makes sense that friendships would be one of the things people want to hear about, right? How do you make, how do you keep friends? What if you're having friendship issues, right? These are things that like people really want to figure out because, you know, it's human nature to not want to be alone. um, And feeling like you don't know how to maintain a friendship is a really common issue for for a lot of teenagers and then after that it's like romance, right?
0: Yeah. I think both friendships and relationships especially when you're a teenager, they're very difficult to navigate and grow. Um and I feel like for a lot of our listeners, uh whether they're in a relationship or a, a friendship, there are there are always the same problems that always arise. Um and a lot of it is like the lack of communication. Um, where they're not expressing how they're feeling and that yeah. creates this divide and it eventually leads to a lot more problems so yeah and also it kind of has to like everything kind of ties in to mental health and how we're all kind of struggling mentally we just don't really know or feel comfortable sharing it especially in our friendships and relationships
1: yeah and I think I think you brought up a good point because I think when you're that young it's like friendships and relationships are like what what you think about probably like 90 plus percent of the time like that's like your world to you and and so it makes sense if that's like what you know what the kids are wondering about or, or or what people are like listening to the most i guess a question i would have is like how do you try to talk about these 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 bigger topics dive into these different mental health areas obviously like we're not professionals here you guys aren't professionals so how do you take that responsibility, try to talk about things in in a way of just, you know, giving advice as a friend uh, versus like the more like medical angle?
3: That's something that we really emphasize uh, on the podcast is that we're not experts, right? We we don't know everything. We don't know the all the facts about these very complex issues. What we do know is our story and our experiences. And every time that we talk about something heavy, uh, like depression or suicide or like environmental problems, we constantly remind our audience that like these are just our thoughts. They're our opinions, our thoughts based off of what we have lived and the shared experiences that we hold. And they're none of like the things you would see if you went to a podcast with experts and, you know, activists that are like specialize in these issues. Um so it's 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 been a delicate thing to balance, uh, because obviously we don't want to give I guess advice per se, because if that advice goes wrong, then there's a bunch of like issues that arise, so we kind of put a disclaimer and just make sure that our audience is aware that it's just our our stories um and what we try to the way we try to like phrase it is these are our stories, and we hope that you can take our experiences, process them, and then turn it into skills and you know methods that you could then apply to your own life
2: I'm curious now that. You guys are all really mental health advocates and allies. How have you been able to build your own support systems, and what like how have you started to take your mental health more seriously? I know uh, Thomas, uh, you said how you started going to therapy, um, and Gail, you were talking about how the support system is kind of so um, powerful and and so important. Um, how have you guys tried to be more proactive about your own uh, mental health uh, support, and and what does that all look like for you right now?
4: Probably the biggest support I have is the podcast because. They're they're the people that I turn to to talk about my feelings because I don't really do that in my other friend groups. Um, my other friend groups is more like let's have fun, you know. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, the podcast is that, but it's like plus <laughs> talk about your feelings. Um, so that's honestly been really really useful because beforehand I I didn't really tell anybody like what I was feeling or what I was going through, and so it is lonely so to have a support system that's like you know they've gone through similar things or maybe they haven't but it's just knowing that they're listening and that's it really like they don't have to advise they don't need to like comfort me even but just knowing that okay somebody else knows and they listen it's honestly such like a huge weight off of my shoulders um so i guess now something that I try to do is I tried to just say what I'm thinking mm-hmm. um, because I realized that a lot of the times I, if something were to bother me or I just didn't agree with, I would just be like, okay. <laughs> and I would just, you know, keep to myself, but I'm trying to be more outspoken and set up my own boundaries, even though some people might take that as like oh you don't care about me if you say this is your boundary but really it's just like an effort to continue the friendship Mm -hmm. a healthy friendship um more importantly Mm -hmm. and i've also um like since the beginning of the year i started journaling and that's helped a ton just writing down what i'm feeling
1: yeah that's amazing yeah i mean i think for us like uh i'll ask you this question like where do you hope the you know the show goes from here i know obviously you guys are going to college now? Like, how do you guys plan to continue teenager therapy, and and where do you hope it goes?
3: I mean, recently we graduated, right? Like on the twenty sixth of yeah. May, we Thank you, out of high school, and we like published this montage, which was like a compilation of the last four years of high school. Um, and at the end of it, we we said like, you know, thank you for tuning in to teenager therapy, the high school years. And then we also said that, like, phase two of Teenage Therapy, the college years, uh, would be, like, premiering July 2nd, 2021. so, you know, in a couple weeks. And the plan really is to just continue it, like, as long as this is something that we enjoy, um, as long as everyone's happy being in it. um, The only person that, like, sadly, like, won't be doing the podcast often and weekly with us is Isaac, since he's going to UC Berkeley. Uh besides that like the rest of us are staying pretty locally we're going to continue the podcast talking about new issues. Mm. Um and I think something that's exciting for me is watching our audience grow with us. I mean there's already people that were like, "Oh my god, I was 15 when I started listening to you guys, now I'm 18." Wow. Um and you know that's so wild to hear but also so fulfilling to know we have people that are growing with us and they're staying loyal and listening and that's that's something that makes me really happy and we hope to continue just doing this and talking about new issues um and you know maybe after we're no longer teenagers we'll do like a spin-off in the young adult years or something so we'll see what happens
1: well I know I'm excited for the college years for sure um (laughs) Thomas I have a question for you I mean I think like it, it must feel so rewarding you know to hear your audience be like hey like this podcast like changed my life or allowed me to like finally like talk to my family or my friends about this thing that I've been holding back for so long but you know to to the people that might be like newer to the to your audience and listenership like what is your advice right like you're you're you guys are all still kids yourselves but like how do you how and what message do you try to like lend to even the younger generation now as you guys are going into college
0: i don't really know because right now it's kind of like we're just living life like we just graduated and i'm kind of just going with the flow and i'm at this place in my life where there's a lot in store for the future and I think what I would want to say to the newer audience is that, well you're still here, you're still you know here in this world, and I know it can be very lonely and just super excruciating, almost feeling like impossible to get through um each and every day, but if you stick around, um good things will come, and Life always has a way of like just turning out okay. Like the difference my mental health is um from the past months to now is crazy. Like I literally never thought I'd get to this point. But I'm really happy I am and I'm happy I stuck around and I'm happy that I got the help I needed and hopefully you get the help you need.
2: For sure that's uh it's a nice optimistic answer that that we like to live by too and we're happy that you're still here too. Um, I think lastly, I have just some quick rapid fire questions for each of you guys. I got one for each of you um, and then we'll wrap up the first one for Kayla. Uh, Kayla, what is your favorite episode so far of the show?
4: I think one that stands out to me is the episode where we talked about therapy and going to therapy, approaching the subject of even going to therapy with your parents. I think that was, a really nice conversation, something that I've never really talked about before. And the thought had never even crossed my mind, if I'm being honest, to ask my parents about going to therapy. And so I think that podcast is really enlightening, to say the least. That's
2: for sure. Uh, Thomas, who is your dream guest on the show? Ooh, okay. Um,
0: I think <laughs> Ooh Hunter Schaefer <laughs> um, or Amber Chamberlain would probably be my dream guest. i know you guys had her i think
1: right <laughs> yeah, yeah um hunter is definitely one that we want uh to have on as well but yeah we had emma uh on episode two and, and she was amazing uh definitely uh definitely think she would be great for teenager therapy so
2: and lastly uh guile what do you have a tip for any podcasters or anyone who's starting their own show or for a couple of rookies like payment and myself
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i think being a, a, a podcast host specifically in the mental health space uh there's a few things to keep in mind uh i mean one general piece of advice is consistency right if you could do it every two weeks every week every month as long as you're consistent with the set schedule it's always great uh but specifically for people that are doing a mental health podcast um like both of us i think it's it's authenticity right embracing your mistakes uh it, when you're producing a podcast it could be easy to want to make everything perfect right like the noise is perfect everything's perfect um but embracing the mistakes right like e- whether you fumble your words or like the, the audio cuts off or something like audio is bad or the quality isn't good just embracing that and be like you know what like this is the reality of it like it's how it goes i think that's something that the audience enjoys mm-hmm. um and it's something that I feel like has caused a lot of our success. So it's really just authenticity and being open, specifically being open about your mistakes and embracing your mistakes. Uh, I think when you try to gloss over them, it creates this weird divide. But truly embracing them, I think, is a really powerful thing.
2: For sure. I think that's a great answer. And, and that's something that Payment and I speak a lot about, about not trying to be perfect. And it's all right if, if there's a moment of silence or if we stumble a little bit, like you said. Um, so it, it's great, and it's been super helpful for me uh, to keep those things in mind. And lastly, uh, teenage therapy, what makes you guys mad happy? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
3: I think, for me, it's uh, making people feel something.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, spending quality time with friends. And
0: family. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think just living life to the fullest.
2: Thank you all so much for listening. It means so much to us that you took time out of your day to check out this episode and this conversation, and we hope that you were able to learn something from it.
1: And of course, thank you again to Gael, Kayla, and Thomas for joining us today and really just opening up about their experiences and what the future holds for the teenager therapy group.
2: We also want to remind everyone that mental health is an ongoing process and is something that takes daily work. For more information on how to get support, you can visit us at localoptimist.com backslash podcast.
1: And of course, if you want to support the show, please follow us on Spotify, subscribe and leave us a rating on Apple or check us out wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Tune in next week for our conversation with where we talk about, you guessed it, mental health. The Mad Happy Podcast is brought to you by Optimism.